I want to play a clip for you of Fox News host Sean Hannity that is honestly so wild. Before getting to that, let me break down what he'll be responding to. I'm sure you've heard by now, but there was a devastating mass shooting in Lewiston, Maine, where, and I'm seeing conflicting headlines on this, but at least 16 people have been killed, and I've even seen up to 22 in some places. As of when I'm recording this, a lot is still unknown, but CNN reports the shooter was a certified or is a certified firearms instructor and a member of the U.S. Army Reserve. He'd recently made threats to carry out a shooting at a National Guard facility in Saco, Maine. Also reported mental health issues, including hearing voices, the officials said. Also, as of when I'm recording this, the shooter is at large. Hopefully that'll change by the time that this video comes out, but that's where things stand now. Another massacre in a long line of massacres that we unfortunately experience on a regular basis. And that gets us to this clip of Sean Handy. He's interviewing Nikki Haley. And has this to say in response to the mass shooting. What, what bothers me in this, it, I could literally probably count the seconds before an incident like this becomes politicized. And that part of it I never like because that's not gonna bring back lives. And then I always ask the question, when something like this happens, what is your plan? What do you do? I have a personal security plan. I train in mixed martial arts. I've, I've been a big believer in the Second Amendment for a long time with the prayer that I never would ever to use it. Um, Maine happens to be a rural area where people tend to be involved in outdoor sports. So I would imagine a lot of people are gonna have a lot of defense issues. How do you get yourself to say that? He asks, what is your personal security plan? And then says he trains in mixed martial arts. No amount of mixed martial arts is going to help you when someone's coming at you with a weapon of war. And it plays into the same really aggravating tendency from people like Sean Handy of, oh, we don't need to talk about solutions because I'm going to be an action hero. And I trained in my multi-million dollar house in jujitsu or something. And then he brings up the Second Amendment as if to say that more people need to be armed. That's the solution to this problem. You have to aggressively ignore the data to advocate for that position. I'll put up on screen what I'm talking about here, the permitless carry laws, for example, which would be what he's talking about, more people being out in the world in these situations armed. When those are implemented by state governments, you can see a direct impact on gun violence, of course, increasing it. And that's what he's advocating for. Then to address this part. What, what bothers me in this, it, I could literally probably count the seconds before an incident like this becomes politicized. So sick of that talking point. Call it making it political if you want. We just want the carnage to stop. You can count the seconds before people respond calling for action. Yes, because we desperately and urgently want something to change. What else is there that we can do? We can't make the past tragedies not have happened. So our focus is on figuring out how to uh, prevent future ones. And then that brings us to the second clip I want to show. This is Nikki Haley during the same interview. Why, what do you see as the underlying cause of a lot of these shootings? I mean, first of all, Sean, I'll tell you, the world is on fire. I mean, we see it. We see it with wars around the world. We see it in our schools. We see it with protests on college campuses. We're seeing it here. But what does this come down to? We have got to start really getting focused and serious. That means we need serious law and order. That means that we need to defund sanctuary cities. But that means we need to acknowledge the cancer in America that is mental health. One in three Americans suffers from mental health. If treated, they can live a perfectly normal life. 
If not, it spirals out. We see more and more young people suffering from stress, depression, and that's leading to addiction. We don't have enough mental health therapists, we don't have enough mental health treatment centers, and we don't have enough addiction centers. And what I'll tell you is we're watching now 80% of our mass shootings are mental health related. Why they act like addressing mental health is mutually exclusive with addressing gun regulations, I will never know. Well, dishonesty, but it makes no sense. Yes, we have to do both. We have to invest in mental health and address the one variable where the US is an outlier compared to every other industrialized country, and that's guns. We have more of them, they're less regulated, and we just so happen to have more gun violence than all those other industrialized countries. It's not a coincidence. Before discussing that part further though, let's discuss Republicans' record on mental health because they bring it up and pretend like they actually want to discuss it seriously every time a shooting happens, so surely they must actually genuinely be trying to invest in all the entities that Nikki Haley listed there. You might be able to guess the facts tell a very different story. In 2022, for example, the Mental Health Matters Act that sought to expand mental health services in schools passed the House 220 votes to 205. All 205 no votes were Republican. Again, in 2022, the Restoring Hope for Mental Health and Wellbeing Act opposed by a group of 20 MAGA Republicans. The National Alliance on Mental Illness referred in 2011 to the crisis that has resulted from states slashing of mental health programs. And it's, of course, mainly Republicans in Congress who pushed for those block grant cuts. Also, back in the Obama years, $500 million was proposed by Barack Obama for investments in the mental health system opposed by most Republicans. Not to mention, zoom in from the national level to kind of a state-by-state -state comparison. If you go to the Mental Health America website, you can see, as I'm putting up on screen, the top 10 states ranked for having a lower prevalence of mental illness and higher rates of access to care for adults. Those two variables of the top 10 states on those metrics, you have eight blue and two, I guess you would say, purple-ish. Democrats on a state-by-state -state basis are also making more investments in mental health. And on and on it goes, we could have this discussion all day. So sure, saying it's all about mental health is a way to avoid talking about common sense gun regulations until it's actually time to talk about mental health. Then it's, oh, this is socialism, this is too much government spending. So my message, I guess, to Nikki Haley, Sean Hannity, and other Republicans is we're ready, willing, able, to make these mental health investments. I agree that's needed. And also let's address the one area where we stick out like a sore thumb globally. Let's address the correlation between loose gun law states and high gun violence. Let's address the fact that the highest gun violence per capita states are Mississippi, Louisiana, Wyoming, Missouri, Alabama. What do they all have in common? Deep red loose gun law states. Let's address the fact that the leading cause of death in the United States for children is firearms said it once on that particular point, and I'll continue to say it until it's no longer necessary. Republicans who talk about protecting the kids when fear-mongering about drag queens or something, you don't get to use that phrase until you change your stance on guns. Protecting the kids starts with addressing the leading cause of death for them. And now I want to play a clip that was super powerful a few months ago that I was reminded of today of a Fox News correspondent just having enough after another mass shooting that had happened and goes off the Fox News script to say what we all feel live on air. Take a look at this. This shooter uh, had phoned a friend and said that he was suicidal and that he was going to shoot up a bank. If that is the truth, 
then I think that we need to again look at what is going on in our society. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Just two weeks ago, I stood in front of a camera where you had some kids, some babies, shot in Nashville, Tennessee, with a person who, by the way, had an AR of 15. And from what we've been told here, Neil, this individual had that same kind of a weapon. And when mm. you look at mental illness, if mental illness is involved here, and that weapon, that's a dangerous concoction. And we've got to do something in this society, Neil. I am sick and tired of standing in front of a camera. Neil, you and I have been on, on numerous occasions, where people, young people, have lost their lives. Four people left home this morning, and four people are not coming home tonight. That is something that we need to take into consideration. And when the governor says we need, well, we shouldn't talk about uh, certain things now, well, then I have to disagree with the government. We have to talk about guns. AR-15 are killing our babies and our citizens in this country. And we've got to do something about it. Not something you hear too often on Fox News. It's exactly right. Banning assault weapons, universal background checks, waiting periods, raising the age to buy guns, stronger red flag laws, and other common sense policies. We could implement them today if there was the political will for it. Another reminder to vote. Vote, 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 vote. Not to mention my belief that we should implement an identical process to that of driver's license for guns. The process of getting and retaining a driver's license. Let's do that with guns as well. But that's way down the road, clearly, if we can't even do these step one basic common sense policies. And I will say, again, none of these violate your Second Amendment, but they do save lives. Donald Trump did what he does best in the last 24 hours, sending out raging messages to True Social as he processes the reality of all his legal troubles stacking up. Before showing you these rants, let me quickly break down just some of what's going on in the world of Trump's legal troubles. So we've been covering the numerous people pleading guilty in Trump's cases and then his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, flipping on uh, him in exchange for immunity. In recent days, we saw Sidney Powell, Kenneth Cheesebro, Jenna Ellis, three of Trump's former lawyers, all pleading guilty in the Georgia election interference case. And I've talked about how this is a really bad sign for Donald Trump. These people who were right alongside him and our lawyers have legal knowledge saying, oh no, this evidence is damning. I don't want to take this to trial. Plus, we're likely going to see at least some of these lawyers testify against Donald Trump at trial. Well, it looks like more is to come on that front. And so more of the co-conspirators, a part of this Georgia election interference case, are in talks with prosecutors to strike a deal. Here's this being reported on from Forbes. Prosecutors in Fulton County, Georgia, have discussed plea deals with at least six co-defendants in former President Donald Trump's case, in addition to the four who have already agreed to plead guilty. CNN reported citing multiple anonymous sources showing that more allies could flip on Trump, who was indicted along with his 18 co-defendants for their alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. So more of what we saw last week is likely to 
come. And then you also have this news that's making Trump very unhappy. Reuters reports Donald Trump was fined $10,000 on Wednesday after the New York judge overseeing his civil fraud trial said the former U.S. president for a second time violated a gag order barring him from disparaging court staff. Judge Arthur Ingoron had imposed the order on October 3rd after Trump shared on social media a photo of the judge's top clerk posing with U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat, and falsely called her Schumer's girlfriend. And here was the moment that got Trump fined this time around. This was a trial should have never been brought, but if we had a jury, it would have been fair, at least, even if it was a somewhat negative jury, because no negative jury would vote against me. But this judge will, because this judge is a very partisan judge, with a person who's very partisan sitting alongside of him, perhaps even much more partisan than he is. So uh, we are doing very well. The facts are speaking very loud. Uh, he's a totally discredited witness, and you haven't seen anything yet. This goes on for a long time, but he's a totally discredited witness. In the judge's limited gag order, he had explicitly prohibited attacks against that clerk, that particular clerk by Donald Trump. We've seen what Trump's attacks can lead to, so it's important for the judge to protect his staff. And so the fact that the judge demanded Trump take the post down, it remained on his website. So then he was fine. And then once again, Trump went after this person absolutely necessitates this sort of action, if not worse. And then here was a Trump saying after this, oh no, I wasn't referencing the clerk. Take a look at this. With respect to what? The disparaging comments. No, not at all. Very convincing stuff there from Trump. So all of this is building. His former chief of staff flipping on him, his former lawyers pleading guilty, getting fined for violating a gag order, Michael Cohen, another one of his former lawyers testifying against him in his New York fraud case. So here's what he had to say on True Social. The New York State Attorney General's case against me is dead, but the radical left judge refuses to end it. He just can't let it go. Their star witness lied like a dog on the stand today and then admitted that I did nothing wrong. That's exactly what he admitted to, I'm sure. A total sleazebag. Hmm. Letitia James should focus on violent crime, which is out of control. She can walk and chew gum at the same time. So unfair. I don't even get a jury trial because your lawyers didn't opt for that. A blight on the New York state judicial system. Businesses are watching all over the world and never coming in, only moving out. The governor should get involved. Election interference by my political opponent. It's all election interference. State cases, federal cases. It doesn't matter which jurisdiction. It's all Joe Biden coordinating all of it. It is wild how much he projects to. He's being prosecuted in one of the other cases for election interference, two of them. And that's what he's constantly accusing Biden of doing. Very fascinating. And then the next message, he says, does anyone notice that the election rigging Biden administration never goes after the riggers, but only after those that want to catch and expose the rigging dogs? He really has a thing with dogs. What's your deal with dogs? Donald, massive information and 100% evidence will be made available during the corrupt trial started by our political opponent. We will never let 2020 happen again. Look at the result. Our country is being destroyed. MAGA. I want to note once again, Trump is being prosecuted because he's an adult and made decisions. And some of those decisions, at least prosecutors believe, were against the law. So now he has to be held accountable for that. That's law and order. That's what they said they believed in until it applied to Donald Trump. And then another, the radical left judge who should not be handling the fake and fully discredited case brought against me by the New York State AG. It should be handled by the commercial division, but it should never have been brought. Fined me $10,000 yesterday under his so-called gag order. 
He's a judge that found me guilty before the trial even started and long before he had the real facts like Michael Cohen collapsing and choking yesterday under cross-examination and completely admitting that I did nothing wrong. He committed massive perjury at a level seldom seen on the stand before. These are the rantings of uh, an unstable person. It was like watching the end of the best Petty Mason episode where the defendant breaks down and cries, yes, I did it, I did it, I did it. This case should be ended now, but this judge and his boss, Letitia Peekaboo James, will never let that happen. He uh, even refuses to accept our big win. The appeals court has disgraced the legal system in the state of New York. This is a rigged case. Whew. Quick pause from reading his rants. Uh, We'll probably wrap it up there. I can't take any more, but let's watch this from Michael Cohen getting asked about how Trump looked in the courtroom. When you looked right. him in the eye, Michael, what did you see? I saw a defeated man. I saw somebody that knows that it's the end of the Trump organization, already found guilty of fraud. The license will ultimately be taken. And now this entire case is merely about how much. This is merely about how much disgorgement the attorney general will be seeking. Mr. Cohen, uh and if he already looks defeated in the courtroom in this case, how on earth is he going to look after his four criminal trials? Potentially, <laughs> I know what's coming. Potentially, like he looks on the golf course. Yikes. So, uh... Then in the final post I was going to show you, but here it is up on screen. He calls a New York Times journalist Maggie Haberman, Maggot Hagerman. You can just notice this trend of him increasingly dehumanizing all of his political enemies. But like I said, I can't take any more of this. So things, as you can tell by his vibe, are not looking good for him. All of these meltdowns, him lashing out against prosecutors, witnesses, judges, clerks of judges, his opponent, Chris Christie, thinks is a sign of Trump's awareness that the walls are caving in on him. I tend to agree. Here's what Chris Christie had to say, and specifically in response to the news that Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, had flipped on Trump in the federal election interference case. Take a look. Mark Meadows knows everything. Hmm. Everything that Donald Trump said and did and ordered other people to do on his behalf. And just as importantly, everything he was told about the lack of facts to back up um, his contention um, that the election was stolen, yet he continued to act as he did then and as he does now. So the tweet that or, or this post that he put up um, regarding Mark Meadows was clearly an attempt to influence and intimidate Mark Meadows, who we now have every reason to believe is a witness for the government against Donald Trump. His conduct is showing you, Neil, the walls are closing in on him. And the Republican Party needs to look at this and say, no matter what you think of what kind of president Donald Trump was, this is not going to be a pretty campaign if he is the nominee of our party. We need to pull away from the precipice here and pick someone who will actually make Joe Biden the focus of the next election, not Donald Trump. And I do think that's the case. As the walls cave in, Trump grows more desperate and begins acting more erratically and dangerously. I encourage you to go check out a video I did recently, if you haven't already, titled What the Hell is Happening? Where I break all of this down. The first part is just Trump's buffoonish behavior, him having brain glitches. But the second part of the video walks through this escalating violent rhetoric, the life-threatening statements, dehumanizing rhetoric, and so many different concerning aspects of his rhetoric and how it's shifting. And it's definitely a frightening trend. And then we'll close with New York Attorney General Letitia James, who brought the fraud case against Donald Trump with this message outside of the court. 
yesterday. This has been a four-year investigation, and there is mountains of evidence which basically corroborate the testimony of a number of witnesses. It's also important to know that Michael Cohen is not the main witness. His evidence has been corroborated by the mountains of evidence, enough evidence to fill the courtroom. And so I look forward again to this um, trial continuing, and I look always, and I, of course, I always look forward to justice. Thank you very much. And let me also remind you that the judge has already made a decision with respect to the summary judgment. There is sufficient evidence to prove that, in fact, Mr. Trump, the Trump Organization, and the other defendants committed widespread fraud. And she's absolutely correct. The evidence was so overwhelming on the claim being brought against Trump and the Trump Organization that the judge was able to side with Letitia James on the summary judgment even before the trial started, meaning Trump was already found liable for fraud. Now damages are being decided on. Before you go, don't forget to become a member at LukeBeasleyShow.com slash membership. Think about it. Every day, you're missing just the whole show that I'm doing. Can you imagine? Plus, follow me on threads at LukeBeasleyOfficial, Instagram at LukeBeasleyOfficial, Twitter or X at LukeBeasley, and sign up for the Beasley Brief, a daily morning newsletter. You wake up in the morning, boom, the Beasley Brief in your inbox. Here's what happened yesterday. You can go to LukeBeasleyShow.com slash brief to get access to that. It's free, and I'll see you next time.